Hi there, it's Ricardo. Thank you so much for being here. Today we have a special podcast. It's September. In a way, that means that summer is almost gone. But on the other hand, we have the fantastic Freedom Games that go from the 15th to the 17th of September in the beautiful city of Wuj. It's been a tradition here in our podcast to have a conversation about each year's event. What are they about? What are the main conversation? But also how to attend. And this year, no better person to have than our excellent co-host Lashek Yachevsky, that he himself involved in conceptualizing and organizing the Freedom Games. And after our conversation, please stick around because I'm going to bring you all the events that are sponsored by ELF, the main topics, some of the people involved, and how can you attend either in person or online. But now with no further ado... I bring you Leszek Jaczewski and Freedom Games 2023 Turning Point. Welcome to the Liberal Europe Podcast, European Liberal Forum Project. We are your hosts today, Ricard Silvestre and Leszek Jaczewski. It's good to have you here, Leszek. How are you doing? Hi, Ricardo. Yeah, thank you. It's really interesting to be on the other side of the mic again. Uh, yeah, I'm pretty good. How about you? You have been doing a lot of podcasts lately. I'm getting jealous. <laughs> oh well, uh, thanks for thanks for coming over uh, for for one week. But yeah, I'm I'm really enjoying this, and uh, and well, but you got you got a lot of podcasts on yourself ready to launch. So can't wait to compare the notes. Well, one of them it's a tradition here in the podcast, which is to focus on freedom games that happens in Woods every single year, and that you, sir, are very intimately related to. So let's get into it. September 15 to 17, this is in lovely Łódź in, let's say, the middle of Poland. The slogan this year is Turning Point. And I'm going to just make a quick introduction here and then throw it to you immediately, because the promotion that you guys did for the Freedom Games this year says that Left and right populists are trying to destroy the liberal institutions which enable democracies to avoid internal conflicts. A turning point is coming for the future of the entire region. So in here we're talking about Central and Eastern Europe, democracy, the rule of law, and the model of capitalism. So let's start with that, Leszek, and I'll throw it to you. <clears throat> this event is fantastic. I will talk about this in a minute. But this year, clearly, there is a focus on Central and Eastern issues, particularly Poland issues. Tell us why. Well, yes, you, you're, you're right, Ricardo. I mean, uh, on one hand, I think I'm pretty glad that we managed to get the, the sort of the topical issue, which is the turning point, which can be basically added to any central issue. So, of course, we uh, sort of highlight the democracy and the rule of law, and populism, because this is what we have been through in the last eight years, and we have elections in October coming up, just one month after Freedom Games, so they're a bit early this year. But we also wanted to stress that it is not just that, well, we have also the war in, the, in, in Ukraine, so th th this is, that feels in the region, inside, that this is really the turning point. But there are many other issues as well, which perhaps add to the certain tension and anxiety. 
Um, well, just to just to say that the issues that we mentioned, which are uh, well problematic for, for for democracy, are the issues that I'm sure that any Brits listening to us could relate to, mm-hmm. or perhaps many Italians, uh, or even many Americans who are just their elections coming up next year. It's going to be a crazy circus over there. So I do believe that even though obviously our focus as organizers uh, is very much uh, well. Uh, defined by where we stand, this is not. Uh, uh, these are not issues that are limited to to Poland or or Hungary, for example. And this is why I'm very happy that we will have such a great European participation. Uh, well, and we're also some participants from the world as well. So um, yeah, it's going to be definitely just a bit wider than just you know Polish elections and and and. Uh, Polish political future. Indeed, but let me ask you to please stay here a little longer because this is really important. It is a turning point, undoubtedly, for Poland, but other countries in Europe and in the European Union. But in Poland in particular, and you are Polish and you are active in in, in Polish politics, can we see something happen in Poland like we saw in Hungary? which is a turning point that we can't, or it will, it's going to be very, very difficult to come back from? Or do you think that this comparison is a little bit facile? It's a very good question, Ricardo. And I think a lot of us are asking ourselves now if it's, if it's possible. I think the withdrawal of the, of the Open Society Foundation from Europe only makes it more possible um, and it will make it more difficult I mean it's a tough discussion for another podcast entirely but mm. uh, the, the lack of we will have them for sure <laughs> yeah 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 I think I think we should because this is the this is the monumental change for in the in the model for many NGOs fortunately not not for us but I mean there are many who are like almost 100% reliant on the on, on source funds so uh, I do believe that Poland is a slightly different case. It's a, it's a bigger country with many independent institutions, um, well, on the regional level, media. Hungary is, 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 is almost, I don't want to say it's a last case because it's, it's never last and you know, Orban won't last forever. But I mean, it's just, I think many people in Hungary would feel that this is like impossible case right now. This is what it feels. But in Poland, I think, it's it's not the, I mean, okay, the fact that we don't expect the Orban model to materialize also just because the current the current polls show that law and justice, which is the current government, won't have a majority. Um, mm-hmm. But this is mm-hmm. what we also fought in 2015 when certain, well, coincidence resulted in in having that unexpectedly, their clear majority, and it resulted in enormous breaches in the rule of law and basic, well, functioning of democracy. So even then, you might say, okay, it's perhaps like 20% chance of them getting the majority. There is a bit bigger chance that they will form a coalition if, with some national libertarian, you know, it's a strange mixture, but this is what it is, a party called Confederacja. I think the most likely, uh, okay, it is possible, but not very likely that the opposition, well, consisting of four parties would form the 
alternative governments, but perhaps the most likely is the chaos that will last, mm. I think, until 2025, when we'll have presidential elections and then perhaps uh, an early election in between. So it's very hard to predict what's going to happen. I don't say that the authoritarian path is the most likely in the long term. I think in the short term, it is possible that we'll see some perhaps very bad things happening to the media, to the freedom of speech, uh, perhaps even to the election process. This is what I'm a little bit afraid of, that if it's going to happen, then we might have a serious crisis of democracy if we see some mingling on the, in, the, in the legal affairs around the elections. It is unimaginable that we will end up in something like Ukraine in Maidan protests uh, after, you know, mm. around Yanukovych. Uh, right now, but I mean, if we, if we, I mean, we saw this in the in the United States. I mean, you, you can't rule it out like completely in Poland. So yeah, I think like chaos and destabilization. We also have to remember that Russia will be waiting and ready to do something. For example, in our eastern border in Belarus. So yeah, I, I expect many things. Not necessarily authoritarian path is is the most likely, but that the bad things can happen to our democracy, unfortunately. And you are a political scientist and also politically active and a key uh, factor in Liberté Foundation that organizes the Freedom Games. I actually saw you on main stage uh, two years ago, I think, uh, with, a, with a speech, a very important one at the time. This time you will again are going to have an important speech, which is, which is Turning Point for Democracy. Give us a little bit of the flavor then of what are you going to give on the Machine Hall, which is an, an amazing for the people who haven't been there. Please see the videos, promotional videos. Machine Hall is this big, big, big uh, space where you guys have the main stage, which is an amazing uh, place. So tell us a little bit what are you going to give people that in that speech right well i don't want to give away everything uh because i'm afraid <laughs> that people some spoilers, some spoilers. <laughs> that people would would simply leave and then you know have early dinner but uh but you know uh well i mean i think that there were like the last year some occasions where I, I didn't speak at all it's it's not really um no we're not doing these events to to promote ourselves but i felt sort of obliged that having a topic such as this, having 10 years of freedom gains, because this is the 10th mm -hmm. anniversary uh, edition, having, you know, having those elections coming up in one month, I should try to say something which won't be perhaps linked directly to our involvement, democratic uh, process or, or elections as such. I'll try to take a sort of wider look why it became so hard for us, meaning us Poles, but this is something I will relate to many other countries that I know, so hard for us to be together, to sort of treat ourselves as having something in common, like the common fate or common future. And that renewal of democracy, which is very much needed, this is my deep conviction, it's almost impossible without renewal of the bonds that we as democratic community, the one that makes those decisions. I mean, I'm in this case, I'm thinking, of course, on national level, because this is how the state function. But without this renewal commitment to finding what's really uniting us, 
it will be extremely hard to think of democratic future for 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 our country. So it, I, I, gonna, I think I would try to not necessarily provoke, but try to find some deeper levels of of you know what our audience might want to think about because it's also going to be on the on the first day on the well it's going to be one of the first speeches and of course at the same time i will you know give the usual warnings about you know the democracy without well the liberal component of democracy is important because it's simply defending us from ourselves i mean mm-hmm. the, the the democracy without those components in what in which we can basically decide about everything about every you know human rights or or the legal process is basically in such democracy, giving up power is just too dangerous. You just you don't you cannot afford your enemy to be in power if there is those precautions are not in place. So I, I strongly believe that even people who don't like liberalism as political ideology would have to support liberalism as a sort of as a sort of precaution on democracy. No matter if you are social democrat, conservative, nationalist, you know, uh, Republican, this is this is what you need. Otherwise you will have to turn into authoritarian mode because the only way for you to be safe is to actually rule. You see, we've seen it in Russia, you know, that the enemies of Putin can go down in a minute and, uh, and Putin knows that he cannot afford to be in the opposition because he, it will be his fate. So, of course, it's a very extreme example, but uh, this is something we should keep in mind. Uh, also, us on this, let's say, liberal democratic side of, of things. Indeed, I couldn't agree with you more. And it, it is important that people like yourself, and we're going to talk a, a little more about the Freedom Games itself, but it's important to remind people of the importance of this liberal values, exactly what you're saying. It's, it's a guarantee that we have a running society with freedom for everyone. And I think, Leszek, and I'll, now I'm going to editorialize a little bit uh, my participation here in this conversation. I think people are too comfortable. We got a little bit dormant in believing that democracy will last forever and the attacks on democracy will be you know, stopped by our institutions and even by ourselves. And COVID was a crisis, but was not a crisis of democracy. It was a crisis of health and the health systems su- supporting themselves and the European Union getting together to help each other. But we didn't have something like you were just mentioning, a clearly authoritarian attack like a war or like some kind of political intervention of a massive country trying to destroy destroy democracy on another. And it is important, again, like you were saying, it is important that people are aware of this on a daily basis. This is a daily fight. So uh, let's, let's, let's keep fighting for that one. You're, you will have center stage. Other people are also uh, going to be present that I would like to mention, like, for example, Mark Gagliotti, uh, Dieter Nansen Miklowski, and Applebaum, which I already talked to you about that. Uh, she's one of my heroes in this Hi. particular area. Uh, Thomas Hendrik, for example, weaves from Estonia, Brun Massange, which is actually from Portugal. Tell us a couple of talks apart from yours. Of course, and I'm going to be there looking at you in the main stage. But tell me a couple of talks that you're looking forward to attend on this uh, year event. Right, yeah. Well, it's, it's well, and just a short comment. I, I very strongly agree with what you said before. And, well, perhaps we should we should do the, the opposite, you know, maybe after Freedom Games, uh, me asking you 
uh, <laughs> about the, the democracy issue. Um, hey, hey, I don't have the center stage at Freedom Games like uh, you do, buddy. <laughs> sorry, sorry, sorry about that. But I'm sure I'm sure we'll take care of this. And you are very much present at different events. So there will be a pretext, I mean, if we need one. But yeah, but coming back to, to your question, for, for me, I feel like in the buffet, in the, in the you know, luxurious hotel, not that I'm very often at luxurious hotels, but in the morning, it's just so many things. It's almost impossible to try them all. In this case, it's, it's basically <laughs> purely impossible because it's like five things at a time, with the exception of the opening day. Mm, you know, I mean, I personally, because I'm mean, a little bit involved also in the, in the inviting people. So I've been very happy that we managed to, to get people like uh, you mentioned, like Bruno Massage, who is very, I think, he's like our European Kissinger, you know, in some ways. He's very interesting. He even looks like a little bit like young Kissinger. And I'm going like, to actually record him for one of the next podcasts. Mm. Talk about the geopolitics, let's say, in the in the in Europe after the after the war or during the war, actually. Um, I'm personally very happy that I managed to get Jonathan Little, who is the amazing writer. He wrote the Kindly Ones, which is huge. I think like a one thousand page book, something like this. But this is really a turn pager, but page turner. Sorry, but this is. Uh, a book about written from the perspective of the of the Holocaust perpetrator. Uh, let's say it's SS man who is in the Eastern Front. I would say very timely that he's going to come and talk about the war because he's also very engaged in the and it's a pro-Ukrainian uh, cause. He's coming back from Kiev uh, directly to to Uch, uh, for Freedom Games. He's been a humanitarian worker. He he shot. A movie about um, about humanitarian aid and, and the war in Africa, and he's well, he's a very interesting and complex person, and I'm very happy that he's going to be ending the the first opening day. And unfortunately, it's not going to be. It's going to be one of the few things that we are not going to transmit. So if you really want to, and he's rarely uh, on stage. So if you want to see him, we have to come and see him live. But. Um, I'm I'm very much looking forward to the to the some European discussions that we that we are having. So we have a very strong Ukrainian component, and I, when I say European and Ukrainian, uh, uh, I mean it, uh, because very often we sort of tend to forget that Ukraine is already in Europe. We're only discussing about European accession for mm. Ukraine, but um, we we can actually learn from Ukrainians. So we're gonna have like the lessons of Ukrainian resilience. We are taking the, the, the point of view, let's say, of, of Poland because we are quite similar uh, in terms of uh, societies. Uh, but I think these are the lessons that I think a lot of us, you mentioned COVID, I think, you know, that the, the test they are going through as a, as, a, as a country, as a society, is, is extreme. And I think it's, it's very important for us to understand their experience, especially if you are going to share the common political um, sphere such as European Union. I think the traumas of Ukrainians will be with us for a long time. And of course, in many countries mm. we're recipients of Ukrainian refugees. We have um, something that could be interesting for, for our listeners, which is focused on, on research for democracy. We have, we have people who are in, on the European level or on the Polish level involved in using data using understanding the society using the, the brains and and the the best tools to um to manage campaigns to to understand what's happening i think it's very important that 
we are very well equipped in those uh, aspects as well uh, because we know of Cambridge Analytica. I think we should, instead of complaining, we should sort of build our own, not necessarily to manipulate, but uh, rather to, to reveal the truth and be able to communicate uh, efficiently with mm-hmm. our recipients. Yeah, and perhaps to, to end something that is, I think, also very important, I'm very happy we managed to do this, we are going to talk about Titan vendors, something I, I discussed with uh, Nicole in the podcast previously. You'll have another chance, I mean, because it's going to be uh, it's going to be live, it's going to be transmitted as well, and we are going to discuss to what extent Germany, which is a key country in terms of, you know, the strategic future of Europe, what sort of turn the Germany took and will take. So we'll have a great all-star panel um, run by, by Piotr Buras, who, who is a member of ECFR and, and a good friend, but also some, some interesting commentators from, uh, from all around Europe, not just Germany or Poland. So yeah, these are just the you know, three out of, I don't know, 100 things happening at Freedom Games. I lost count. I do hope that you will, you will guys uh, be able to at least grasp a couple of, couple of them. Oh, yes. And and now we get into our elevator pitches for our listeners that if they can, please join us in which I will be there. I was very generously invited by uh, your foundation to be present, but also we can see it online. And I'll start uh, by talking about being there in person and then you can uh, talk about people seeing this online because you guys make it in a way that it's possible for people to attend the sessions uh, via internet. Uh, to be there in person, it's amazing. I've been saying this to Leszek and also other uh, good friends from uh, Liberté. From this life, which is fighting for liberal values and ideas, being around people that really matter, being in an environment where you feel like something is happening, there's a wave Uh, growing of enthusiasm, of being willing to do more and to fight more, there's nothing better than the Freedom Games. Using an expression from our American friends, which is you have to blow smoke up someone's beep. <laughs> I'm not going to say this is this is a family podcast, but it's it's the backside. I don't have to do that. Like I said, you put on the work, you put on the... the, the everything that is needed to make this event special, to be there in person, to be on those hallways, on, on the big main stage, and then you has, have multiple stages where many things are happening at the same time, and then you have music, you've, you have heart, you have books. It is just amazing. I'm from Portugal, meaning that it's a long way uh, for me, but I do that pilgrimage every year with great, great pleasure and great enthusiasm. So again, my elevator pitch to anyone listening that is close enough, please uh, take the time and a little bit of money because you will come out of Freedom Games feeling completely uh, renewed for keep fighting for democracy and liberal values. Now, for people that can't make it, there is other ways. So please uh, tell our listeners how can they... Uh, be involved online. I mean, I think it was the best page about Freedom Games I ever heard. And I had to do this several times and, and listen to others. Yeah, yeah, we definitely should because also the European expansion is our one of our goals and bringing more Europeans and perhaps, you know, at some point maybe doing something outside the country. So I see, I see who is our guy. I like that. <laughs> 
franchise freedom games around Europe. I, I think that's a great idea. No, no, no. I loved it. I loved it. And of course, my, my city of preference would be Lisbon as, as the first one. There you go. Now so, we're talking. Uh, even though you've got already Web Summit, you've got Web Summit and many other bigger events, but maybe we can squeeze in one more. No, no, but I mean, it's, it's something that's, uh, that we should definitely discuss. And, you know, this is why I like this podcast, because they really sparkle, you know, in your minds. Uh, and yeah, and don't forget, I mean, our listeners that uh, Ricardo is moderating, that I should have mentioned this, because it's an extremely important subject, uh, technopolitics and the question of digitalization. And one of our good friends, Daniel Mikic from Republican, would be there. So uh, there is one more reason to, 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 follow, uh, to follow Freedom Games and this particular uh, turning point for, for technology. But hold on, Lashik. Hold on, Lashik. I thought it was ChatGPT moderating. <laughs> I, I didn't get it. Okay. So I didn't yeah. get that right then? All right. Yeah, this is your new brand name. But yeah, it could be. It could be. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. It's, it's, it could be interesting how you're going to play this out, you know, <laughs> uh, if he's going to prepare questions for you. So anyway, it's, it's um, so no more, no more pitching from my side, but that's, that's very easy to, to follow what's happening. So you can do it live, so you can just go on. Unfortunately, this is if you Google Freedom Games, you might find our website, but unfortunately, you might need to go into igrzyskawolności.pl. We have to invest a little bit in the, in the cell. But, uh, <laughs> well, I'll put it, don't worry, I'll put it on the show notes. People will have all the links. Thank you. Yeah, the link will be useful because this is unpronounceable for non-Polish speaker. I don't even know how to pronounce it in English. But anyway, on the website, you will have five uh, different stages, uh, live, online. I must say this is a rare scale of the, of the challenge that I, I, I rarely see this in different conferences. I, I don't think that many will try to do it. Uh, you can also go on our on our Facebook. It will be also able to 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 watch it on the Facebook Live, if you prefer. I think what I think is very useful is that all of them would also go. I think also on YouTube you will see them all live on our YouTube. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I think most importantly, uh, this is the only way in which you can actually can grasp the the, the whole of the Freedom Games. I actually watch them after the end. Because it's the only way to see the discussions that you missed going live, either online or in person. So I think it's almost like catching up with the stuff that what, that happened, at least taking a glimpse. I strongly encourage this. We're going to be posting this with some with this short summary on our social media for the long time, I think, after the event. So there are many ways to interact. and But of course, the best one is to come in person. This is uh, unforgettable. I think if you felt a bit lonely or down, uh, this is the way to meet new people, meet old friends, and be really re-energized in your struggle and your mission. So please do come. Very good. I already stole a lot of your time. I'm sure you're very busy putting together the last pieces of this year Liberté Foundation Freedom Games. The title is, it's a turning point, and it is. Leszek, it's always great to talk to you. It's always a big pleasure and keep doing the fantastic work that you guys are doing. Let's do this uh, again soon. Thank you, Ricardo. And likewise, good luck with the, with the podcasting and see you soon in the Wuch. I'm back and as promised, I'm going to tell you all the events that are sponsored by Elf at the Freedom Games. 
If you can be there in person, it's going to be in Wuj at the buildings EC1, which are the former Wuj power plant. Amazing building, amazing setting, by the way. And starting on Friday, the 15th of September, from 8 to 8.20, we have an ELF TED Talk, Putin and the Future of Geopolitics in Central and Eastern Europe. This is going to be in Machine Hall, and the speaker, it's Mark Galliotti, the historian. Then we move to Saturday, from 12.30 to 1.30, we have Technopolitics and the Clash of Digitalization. Can the European Union play the artificial intelligence game? This is going to be on Skyroom. And the moderator, you know him very well, actually, from this podcast. It's going to be myself. Thank you so much for the invitation. And I'll be joined with Michael Kanovovich, president of the Digital Poland Association, Daniel Mikses, our friend from Republican in Hungary, and also Magdalena Pirch, which is an expert in digital economy regulation. Then on the same day, but again on Machine Hall, which is the main hall, we have from 3.30 to 4.30, women's right, how to change the most restrictive anti-abortion laws in Europe. This is a fantastic panel. The speakers are amazing, including Katka She, which, by the way, was already a guest here in our podcast. She's an MEP from Hungary with Momentum. We also have our own executive director, Alva Finn, and Monica Rosa, which is a member of Nova Szczesna which is the Liberal Party in Poland. It's a very important conversation. You can see it in Woods if you're there in the machine hall, or you also you can see it online. Then from 6 to 7, geopolitics and European security is going to be on the planetarium. A lot of good speakers on this one. The introduction is going to be by Gerlind News, which is a Deputy Director, Defense and Security Cooperation with NATO. Moving to Sunday... From 10 to 11, we have Resilient Democracy, How to Rebuild the Model of Public and Independent Media. This is going to be on Skyroom. We have some great speakers also here. Our friend Miłosz Udun from Project Polska. We have Jakub Koshan, which is a board member and campaigner for the rule of law with the Aksha Demokracja. And then Piotr Paswewicz, editor-in-chief of OKO Press. This panel is going to be moderated by Lorenz van Ginken, which is, of course, a project officer at the European Liberal Forum. Moving now to the 11.15 to 12.15 slot, New European Liberalism, also on Skyroom, with also some tremendous speakers. Daniel Berg, which is the vice chairman of Alde Party, Katarina Lewenauer, member of Polish Parliament, Marcia Schurz, that we also had here in the podcast, a former member of the Telder Stitching Foundation in the Netherlands. Sharka Schup, also another one of our friends. She is director of the Institute for Politics and Society in the Czech Republic. And all this with the moderation of our Maria Lesina, policy and research officer at ELF. Then moving from 12.30 to 1.30, we have Enlargement, a chance for the European Union. This panel includes Goran Budowski, which is the Managing Director for Europe and Central Asia at Open Society Foundation. The Professor Mira Kanefa from Sofia University. Kira Rudik, which is, of course, Member of the Ukrainian Parliament, Leader of the Golosh Party and Vice President of the Alda Party. And moderation is going to be again with Maria Lesine, so she'll have to go quickly from one stage to the other, but she can do it. And then finally, from 
3.30 to 5, we have the rule of law, liberal solutions. This is a classroom. Again, a lot of very good speakers on this uh, panel. And this panel is going to be followed then by Meet the Author, Yaroslav Reichek. This is going to be on Planetarium from 7.15 to 8.15. So as you can see, there's a lot of very good things to attend, a lot of very good things to listen and to ponder. If you can attend in person in Woods, uh, say hello. Come, come to uh, one of our events and say hi. I'm going to be moderating one of the panels, as you heard. And also, Weshek is going to be around. But if you can't be there in person, then join us online. I'm going to put the links on the podcast show notes. Because believe me, when I tell you that it's really worth it to be part of this big, big celebration of liberal values and ideas. And this is all for now. I'll be back soon with more podcasts. Until then... Let's keep making the world a better place. This podcast is produced by the European Liberal Forum, co-founded by the European Parliament, and have the support of the social liberal movement Think Tank in Portugal and Liberté Foundation in Poland. The views expressed herein are those of the speakers alone, and these views do not necessarily reflect those of the European Parliament and or the European Liberal Forum. Yeah.